Bridging is a podcast produced by Özla Özkan in Amsterdam. If you are inspired by this episode and if you only shared good things with your friends, family members or co-workers, please remember to think of bridging next time. If you have any questions, please ask it in the comments of the last post on Instagram at Ozkan Ozlem at O-Z-K-A-N-O-Z-L-E-M. It's Ozlem Ozkan and this is Bridging, a podcast which will take you on a bridge to somewhere else, sometimes somewhere familiar and sometimes somewhere new. In Bridging, I interview life experts with a story to share. Stories of entrepreneurship, cultural diversity, self-empowerment, personal growth and other topics that shape our universe. When you're stuck in a well and there's nobody, nobody can hear you, you're, you've got two choices, right? You figure out how to get out or you don't. How can that be applied to what you're doing uh, or to what I'm doing, to what any entrepreneur is doing. No matter if whether today was was wonderful or difficult, tomorrow's going to be better somehow. But it's up to you too, right? It's you, you can't sit around waiting for um, someone to, to tap you on the head with their magic wand and say, you've got magic powers now. It's like there, there is hustle and there is work involved, but it's all, you know, maybe I'm an optimist. I, I think that people want just naturally want to help other people. Dave Aaron is a marketing professor from Chicago. Last week, Dave and I talked about the right marketing strategy for any entrepreneur. This week, we will continue our talk about having a plan A and plan B. Why plan A usually does not work when having a plan B where you can lean on. Also, Dave and I took a deep dive in why sharing by others is very important for any service or product you provide. And I was really curious to hear, is there any magic formula for this? Dave says that there is not a magic formula, but there might be something else. But but there's there's one thing eh, there, Dave, like, you know, you said, like, you know, after a while, you might decide for yourself. I might do my other job because this is not giving me enough financial resources in order to um, stay alive, let's say, of of, uh, have my basic needs. But I think honestly saying you're a professor, I know, but I don't really agree with this. The, The reason is like, you know, I mean, only I'm telling you from my experience is... You know, you can have a plan A, right? You can just like, okay, this is what I want to do. And I want to just really make also a living of this. This is my passion. I enjoy this so much. You can say that. But usually what happened when I was much younger, when I had a plan B, plan B was my leaning chair. If A does not work, I will just lean on back on B. And because I knew B was always there, I, I, A never happened. A was always like standing in there or flying in the air and do like kind of different circumstances in my life. It was not only business things, but I, I was left alone 
a lot with a lot of problems I had to solve and there was no one around there. But that really taught me the grit. Like there's a spiritual teacher, he says like, you have to have the heart of a guardian. I'm not a mother, I don't have children, but you know, this mother which is, if your child suffers, does not have food, I mean, you put your shame out of this whole thing. You just go to all doors and you say, I need food. I need a bed for my child because she, she's, you know, suffering from hunger, let's say that. And because I have been in these situations where I really had, had to, I was, for example, at a place that I didn't have any uh, apartment many years. I, I didn't have an apartment. I was kind of on the street. I was like, what am I going to do now? You know, but then the pl- I had to find an apartment. And, you know, right or left, up or down, uh, I don't know, but I had to find it and I found it. So I think these kind of things taught me when you have a plan A, you should just go for it. And, you know, it is very risky. (laughs) I know it. I've been told by many, many people, risky business, oh this, oh that, which which might be true for many people. eh? I'm not saying this is not true. But at the end, in my experience, if you want something, then you, you can just do it. But you just figure out a way. If right doesn't work, you do it to left. And then you just go a little bit to the right again, left again, right again, left again. I, I admire what you've been through. And that's, that's such an amazing story of, of just of your, your strong will. And because plan B was, there was, there was no plan B. Right? The there is no being, no. There is no alternative. So then that means you do it. When you fall in a well, there's no one around there, no one ever. Then I will see you not being lazy and just laying down. <laughs> oh, I'm just waiting till someone comes. Right. You will just really get all your strength from your body or oh, the mindset, and you'll just try to climb. So I, I agree with what you're saying. When, when you're stuck in a well and there's nobody, nobody can hear you, you're, you've got two choices, right? You figure out how to get out or you don't. Yes. How can that be applied to what you're doing uh, or to what I'm doing, to what any entrepreneur is doing? So I'm very fortunate that I'm not stuck in a well. Do you feel that you have to be desperate to be a successful entrepreneur? No, but honestly saying to you, uh, Dave, like, I think I have been so much times in kind of a well in many situations in my private life too, that I learned to jump from there. I have to do it. You know, I I kind of like want to put myself there that I have to, because that's, it brings the that's right ah, power oh um, ab- absolutely you know? it, and i've <laughs> when you there is no plan b yeah that's there's the no book plan you and b. i can write together there is no plan it's like <laughs> it's uh ride or die yes ride or die there's no p- plan so b yeah one difficulty there because I'm, I'm thinking a lot about what you're saying and and that is and so a lot of times you'll you'll hear the word hustle yes it, now and, and please feel free to argue back with with through your experience too. When relationships are involved, I always feel, and yeah. this just might be my own fear, but I always feel that you can't 
really do that. Like if I'm trying to climb out of that well, and yet if you're an entrepreneur or in marketing or in business, what is there an equivalent to I'm going to climb out of this well even if it even if it means I lose my fingers? Is there an equivalent when other people's happiness and welfare is involved? But if so, go back to your podcast. I'm going to get tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers, and I'm going to get advertisers and all the good things that come with it. Are you prepared to sacrifice what has to be sacrificed? But I, but I think, Dave, a lot of people are not willing to sacrifice. Yeah. That's the point. Like, you know, w there are many, many people out there. They want to get to some place that they don't want to get for such a long time. They, you know, we as human beings, we like the comfortable setting, right? You know, it's the nice, warm chair that we are having, sit nicely there. Because when we don't know what is going to come ahead, we might get fearful and scared what is going to come. Maybe you make now $110,000 a year and now then you stop this paycheck because you might get nothing. Why should you? That's the question. But um, that's Poets Society. I love Society. that movie, Dead Poets Society. Yeah, and this guy... Uh, oh, Robin Williams was name? the star. Robin Williams, yes, yes, he's a star. The latest uh, Robin Williams, he said, um, do not die with your music yes. inside. And then, you know, it's kind of a metaphor, like do not die without doing what you really right. want to do. It. And sharing it, yes, what indeed. What you're doing and right now, which is so wonderful. Yeah, sorry, we just came from marketing to also different parts. Um, I have a question, one other question. You know, there is like these in marketing, especially in the tech industry, you have the adoption life cycle, right? I, you, you have heard about it more, or you, maybe you teach it. So the innovators, you know, the people that really believe in any product that they start, they are like, you know, this is it. They have a vision. They just want to put this out there in the market. Then you have the early... Early adopters. Early adopters. Uh, the people that's, you know, that's, that's, that really want to get these new things and they believe in the tech part and they're like, okay, let me just get it. And then you have the early majority and the parable i think it's just getting a little bit up but what i have read what i know theory wise the gap between the early ad adopters and the early majority is big you know and that is called also the chasm like how do you really cross that chasm that you just reach from the early adopters to the majority adopters where you actually can also uh, get a lot of return right. on your investment if we talk like if we go back to that how, how do you with any marketing strategy how do you cross the chasm so if, if i understand you you want you wonder how do you get from so you're right you start with the innovators the people that they want to be the first to own this new product and and they're really fearless with with their entry into a into the marketplace the early adopters maybe a little bit less fearless but still compared to the majority they're willing to try something before they've seen a lot of evidence and a lot of other people using it 
So to get to that early majority, they want some, they want some more proof that this product is going to work. And they, they're not necessarily going to be the last person on the block to buy this because that's the late majority and the laggards to finish that model that you're referring to. Uh, but they need to, well, this really ties back to something we've been talking about before. They need evidence that this works. And the evidence comes from the early, uh, the early adopters and the innovators. Maybe not the innovators as much because they may not, in their lifestyles, they might not overlap as much. Because, again, you've got some people that are very risk-preferent, uh, the, the, the innovators. And, and maybe they've got more money to spend and they won't be as hurt if the product doesn't work. The early majority mm -hmm. doesn't have those luxuries in the same way. So really what you'll want to do is make sure that the, the, er, the early adopters are experiencing your product and enjoying it and benefiting from it and, and sharing it. Sharing it, it maybe. <laughs> so just gotta, you got to get your product out there and show that it works and have those people that are enjoying the benefits of your offering say, hey, have you ever heard of, of what this wonderful woman is doing? And it's really helped me out, and I bet it would help you out too. And for Apple, for example, for iOS, were you an early adopter or an early majority? Me, personally, I would say uh, definitely not an innovator. And I would say I was okay. probably in the early majority. So I've had my iPhone for, for a long time, but I, it took, I wasn't the first person in my, in, among my peers, my colleagues. Uh, I wasn't the first person to have an iPhone, but I, you know, I would say early majority. Okay. Yeah. The same. I was using Blackberry and I was like, I love Blackberry. I don't like the touch screen. And then exactly. I started using because I saw everyone. I saw everyone. I was like, okay, I'm too late. Maybe I should just get it too. That, that's exactly what I thought because I just wasn't comfortable with it. But once you start using it, you say that, okay, it's not that bad. I figured it out. So uh, Dave, one of the last things that I want to say, like if there was one ingredient that I could buy from the grocery store, I have just enough money to buy one ingredient to actually cross the chasm to get my product from early adopters to, to early majority. So there are a lot of people get that one ingredient. Which one ingredient would you recommend? I'll go back to what we were talking about earlier. I'd say shareability. It's something that is easy to share and that your users want to share. But it's got to be easy to share. Ah, shareability, easy to share, and they, they, my users or cons the consumers wanting to share. Yeah, in fact, I, I had, um, I think the first podcast interview I ever did was probably about maybe eight or nine years ago much earlier, the earlier era. And this was a former student of mine at a, at a school I had taught it before. And he was saying that to him, uh, and his podcast was about um, uh, cultural issues in Chicago, like the Chicago art and cultural community. And, and he said uh, to him, the perfect outcome is when he's got his listeners yelling back at their, at their iPhone or at their computer, yelling back and engaging in the conversation. And I said, 
that's the second best outcome. The best outcome is then when they say to their friends, you've got to hear this. Can you believe this? You've got to hear this. That's what you want. Yes. I still call it marketing, but I've got a very broad view of what marketing is. But it's not me telling somebody, you need to listen to my podcast. It's someone who maybe I don't even know telling someone else I don't even know. Maybe I don't have the resource to even reach that person saying, you've got to hear this or you've got to watch this or you've got to listen to this uh, because I'm your friend and I have your best interests at heart. I'm not trying to make money from you. I want you to be happier like this made me happier. And that's that's why people share, right? Yes, that's that's such a great ingredient. I really love it, uh, Dave. But how what is the ingredient for getting people internally motivated to share without you even mentioning it? What what is that? Um I think it comes down I, I'm feeling like I and so even go back to that, that example I just shared. So if I'm doing a podcast on the Chicago uh, artistic community, a lot of people don't really care about that. And so you're already eliminating an awful lot of the audience. You're kind of focusing on, all right, they've got to have some feelings towards Chicago and some interest in art and listen to podcasts. You're just every layer, you're eliminating more and more people. But for the people that you haven't eliminated yet, you're solving a problem for them. And that is, I want to hear the latest about street art, or I want to hear the latest about uh, Mm -hmm. independent plays that are going on in my community. And this is a great way to find out about it because it's not covered in the big newspapers. Um, Maybe there's a website, but then that website's catering to the same audience. So you, you scratched an itch, you solved a problem that they didn't even think they had, or they didn't even think it was a problem. And from what you said about the material that you cover, you you may not have a huge audience, but you're going to have a very yeah. passionate one. And when they say that this really describes what I'm going through and the questions that I need to have answered and the the problems I need to figure out how to solve, I want to know more about her and what else has she done and and follow in her footsteps so I can enjoy that kind of success as well. Could you then say, you know, there are two questions arising from here, uh, Dave. Could you then say if your audience or people that have listened to you or, you know, you have a product, let's say people that if they don't share it with you, could you conclude yourself then I'm actually most probably not solving a problem that they are having? I know I don't think I would say that. I would say, and now we're really getting to the psychology again, where there are some people, and and I, someone even called me. They said you are a sharer, because and maybe that's part of why we teach because we're, you know, we we certainly don't teach to to become wealthy. We teach because we want other people to share in what we know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And if somebody doesn't share it, it might be maybe there's a psychological scale where some people rate very high. They want their first impulse is to sh- to share and to show people, not necessarily for self gain, but to make other people happy. And maybe at the other end of that yes. scale, there are people that's like, no, I got what I want. It's disposable. 
and maybe disposability relates to that too. Some things, you know, uh, I even see what, when I bet, you know, the candy M&Ms, I like it. I like it. I love mm-hmm. M&Ms. Yes, and at I the love grocery it. store, it says, you know, share size. It's enough to share. Uh, so they're, they're playing on that psychology perhaps, or just know that, oh good, there's going to be a lot of candy. I can buy a lot of M&Ms. Um, yes. Yes. So, so that's one aspect that maybe some people just aren't inclined but there's another aspect, and that is maybe people just don't know how. So make it easy shareable. That comes back to make it easy shareable for them. Right. Make it easy. And then maybe even provide. So, I, and I listen to a number of podcasts, as I'm sure you do as well. And a lot of times people will say, you know, give us a good review. And, and th- less often they say, share this. Um, but they still do sometimes. And I think it's like, okay, share it. How? What do I do? And maybe some of the more technically savvy people know, yeah, click, click, click. I've shared it. And then you have people click. like me that, yes. that say, okay, wait a minute, which, how does this work again? So maybe yes. that's part of the secret sauce is just say, uh, and share this, click this button and this button, whatever those buttons are, and, and post it on Facebook yeah. or sh- send it to your best friend, one person at a time. But I, I listened to the last couple that you've done, which are so, um, so inspiring. You've got some wonderful friends and uh, they've got really important messages to share. But a few more questions, then I, we are just fun. coming to the end, Dave. But each time when you say something, I'm Good. like, oh yeah, I want to ask this too. <laughs> One thing is like, um, in, you know, in them, giving of messages about your product, any product that you're having as an entrepreneur, would you recommend people to give in the messages um, uh, like a, that they explain what problem they are solving instead of like, hey, uh, buy my book, buy my uh, whatever software, uh, buy my shoes? Or uh, rather than that, would you recommend entrepreneurs um, kind of talking more about the problems that they might have and solve, or I think sometimes it depends on how delicate uh, a problem it is. So, say we were, um, uh, it was a podcast for children uh, of a divorce or, or something that might be very emotionally yeah. uh, loaded, and so you might, you probably don't, I don't know if how deep you want to go into. Um, are you feeling like nobody loves you? Are you feeling insecure? Uh, do you feel like you're a disappointment to your parents? The things that, that these children might be going through, that might be a little too direct. And for something like that, you might say, um, your parents got divorced. What do you do next? And so you kind of, you, you touch it maybe a little more delicately. That, but I mean, think about so much of the, the great messaging and advertising like go back to nike right do you want to be like mike do you remember that campaign from um what from the 90s i'm thinking uh i think i was playing on the street that moment <laughs> i don't know oh okay so so well and i haven't listened to your 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 uh most recent podcast but uh so much of michael jordan have you heard of michael jordan the basketball player Yes, 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 of course, Michael Jordan. I know I know the shoes too. I love it. 
Of course. And uh, so I was actually out of the Chicago area when the Bull, Chicago Bulls were winning their championships. So um, I didn't get back until after they won their, their final one in 1998. Uh, but so much of, their, of Nike and Michael Jordan built on each other, but their message was be like Mike. Well, just with those words, what does that mean? Be like Mike. Does it mean that I'm going to be in the NBA and win six championships? No, probably not, unless you think that it will. And if that inspires you to buy my product, but I hope you're not too mad at me when you don't make it into the NBA because such a tiny percentage of people can, can reach those heights. Um, but, and you think, be like Mike, is that solving a problem? It is in, a, in an indirect way. It's saying you aspire to be something that you, um, that you hold in high regard, to be like someone that you admire. And the reasons could vary. Is it because you want to be attractive or a great athlete or phenomenally wealthy? So you allow people to, you, you sort of acknowledge that you're going to solve a problem, but you give them, the individual, enough space to figure out exactly how and what that means. So, and even to the earlier example of, you know, if you're, you're the children, uh, you're a child of a, of a divorced parents, there could be still a whole gallery of emotions and reactions, but you get to choose which one. So you might say, I'm the, chi I'm the child of divorced parents, but they didn't love each other and it's really for the best. But now, yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, how do I best stay in touch with my dad? Because he's out of the picture versus... Mm -hmm. Some of those earlier examples, like it's all my fault and nobody loves me and I'm a bad human being. You, you sort of yes. you, you tell people, it's sort of like saying, here's a tool and I can take you this far, but now it's up to you to figure out how to use it. Yes, indeed. You know, this reminds me to uh, one of the spiritual teachers. He said... Um, you cannot change your past, but you can change the story yes, you that you tell about it. your past. How beautiful so is important. that? I mean, it is so, so important. You can say, you know, I am teaching also my students. I say, have a motto for the day. My motto is I have the best day ever. I mean, I don't know if I will be live tomorrow. Why not having the best day today? <laughs> today is the best day ever. Isn't that great? I, I actually learned this from my uh, niece. She is five years old. Each birthday party she goes, each birthday party, I thought first I am special. She says, this is the best party ever. And then she says it also on my mom's, on my brothers, on my sister-in-law's. I was like, hey, it was my party. But each party she goes, she said, this is the best party i'm like she's having fun what a great way to live life that no matter if whether today was was wonderful or difficult tomorrow's going to be better somehow but it's up yeah. to you too right it's, indeed you, you can't sit around waiting for um, someone to to tap you on the head with their magic wand and say you've got magic powers now it's like there there is hustle and there is work involved but it's all you know, maybe I'm an optimist. I, I think that people want just naturally want to help other people. And in the United States, uh, and I'm, I'm sure it's in the news because I hear that we're banned from the European Union now. But in, in the United States, it's hard to see um, how good people can be. 
but I, I really think that people want naturally want to share and naturally want to help other people. I hope so. Yeah. Yes. So Dave, is there a last message that you would like to share with us, especially for the entrepreneurs uh, that, that, that are very into marketing, digital marketing? Is there a last message? Uh, let's see. I, and I, I wish I had a magic formula. It's, there, are, there are countless magic formulas and so much depends on, on that Venn diagram, right? The overlap between what you can offer and how big that circle is and how big do you want that circle to be and what your, your customers need from you. And, and sometimes the question is, well, maybe that circle is too big. It's that overlap. Always look for the overlap where your, um, your magic powers and your superpowers and your strengths are the perfect solution for what, what people need to solve their problems. Thank you so much, it's Dave. Been my pleasure. I appreciate it so much. I had such a great time talking to you about marketing, marketing professor and me the dummy in marketing <laughs> i would say thank you so much i highly appreciate it my pleasure best of luck to you and and making your dreams come true i'm, I'm i hope you don't mind if i sort of keep an eye out to see uh see your success story unfold oh thank you so much let's see let's see uh dave uh, i would say in turkish we say it's an arabic word inshallah if god wants it and you know if you believe in god or not i feel if the universe wants it it will happen thank you so much for listening if you have loved this episode please subscribe and leave a review you can find me on instagram at ozkan ozlem at o-z-k-a-n O-Z-L-E-M if you want to let me know what you have enjoyed or you want to share your takeaways with me or you want to let me know what you want to hear in the next episode of Bridging find the latest post on Instagram and leave a comment or ask a question thank you so much for listening <laughs>